are. We are both in the ready position. This is it. We are rolling. This is episode 338 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson. Thank you for uh, downloading, streaming, however you're not streaming. Yeah, you stream? Yeah, sure. If you download it and just hit the button to play, yeah, that's streaming. Thank you. Thank you for doing that and for joining me and my friend and guest Mike Kaplan here at Acme on a Thursday afternoon. Thank you, man. I didn't know where that sentence was going to end, if it ever, on a Thursday afternoon in 2019, <laughs> the year of maybe not all of our Lord, but at least some of our Lords, or if we're all one because we're Buddhist, then all of our, none of our Lord, none of, there is no, any kind of Lord. Mike Kaplan, is he still here? It looks like he had to go do his show tonight in the same space that we're in right now. Don't know how he pulled that off, but it's impressive. Thanks for coming back, Mike. Mike, great to be here. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to episode 338. Let's start 338 right now. This is 338.1 starting now. And here we go. <laughs> Sold to anyone who's still listening. Thank you so much. Remember the... Um, Remember the Ars- the Arsenio Hall show starring Arsenio Hall. I 100% do remember that it was a show. I don't think I ever watched it. It's certainly part of the cultural consciousness that surrounded me as I grew up. And also, just moments ago, as I was scrolling through Twitter, as I don't like doing, I saw a Lena Waithe post uh, that she had just been on, I think, Jimmy Kimmel with Arsenio. Oh. He's in the news, uh, uh, in my news today. Hey. And now... Now, there is a universe. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, it's, yes, I remember that it was a show. The the hall, the circle of hall is complete. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, but the, well, just uh, when I was doing that long-winded uh, introduction, reminded me that uh, Shadow Stevens was the, uh, the the guy who introduced that show. And at the very thing he would say was, on the planet we call Earth, it's the Arsenio Hall show starring uh, Arsenio Hall. I like that. So that's the only thing I didn't. Accidentally include wow, on the planet we call Earth, which I think we are still on Earth. I mean, depends who we are. It's only English speakers, <laughs> probably. There isn't it. I, I honestly, I obviously, if you ask me, hey, does everyone on planet Earth call planet Earth planet Earth? I would think now, like I am, uh, the answer is no, because if you speak a language that doesn't have the word planet or the word Earth, it's not <laughs> like the words are like even the word. You know, different countries don't even call themselves the same things that we call them. Them, you That's know, right. like Germany doesn't call Germany Germany, and uh, there are some Earthlings that don't call themselves Earthlings. My mom had a coffee mug when I was a kid that had the word uh, some like love or something in all these different languages. Oh, on sure. The mug. Yeah, we thought that was really cool. The old love mug, the, the old, old omnilinguistic <laughs> love mug. Uh, yeah, it's a planet that certainly we, you and I, currently call Earth. I don't know why this just uh, this just popped into my head. My aunt had a, uh, uh, a light switch, um, the cover, light switch cover. And because they're part German, it said, Willkommen. Oh, sure. <laughs> that makes se- that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Welcome to the light switch. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Guns N' Roses B-sides. Oh, what's Welcome that? to the light switch. <laughs> We've got no fun nor games. <laughs> don't bother opening the window. <laughs> 
Well, Mike, uh, welcome here. As I said, we're here on a Thursday. You've done two shows so far this week here Tuesday at Acme. and Wednesday. Yeah? Yes, that's correct. Now, people, if they've been paying attention at all to your uh, shows this week, you've uh, promoted a bit that you're recording. That is correct. Have you started recording? Uh, I mean, this An is album. the only recording that I'm doing right now. <laughs> this is the album. If we can use it, hope we have the rights. Uh, no, in fact, the uh, the person who who comes to record come, arrives today, and so Thursday night and both shows Friday and both shows Saturday will be the uh, the pool from which we will ladle out this next uh, recording. How, in the past, how many recordings have you done to make an album? Uh, great question. I, my very first album that I recorded in 2009 uh, and came out in 2010, we did one show. I only did uh, one, and in fact, it was a weird. It was at this uh, a club that doesn't exist anymore uh, called Comics in New York. Comics with an X. Yeah. Uh, and they, it was a, a weird thing they were doing for maybe just that year or some chunk of that year where the the company the uh, the, the record the comedy production I don't I don't know what things are uh, words that's not really what I'm into you know what I mean I'm more about concepts man you know like concepts like making fun of the kind of person that I am with a voice that makes it seem like this isn't who I am but it really kind of is man you still look woman. like my Kaplan man yeah <laughs> non-binary person man all one all gender fluid Solid gas plasma, man, woman, non-binary, everyone. Uh, yeah, so this company called Be Seen Media uh, reached out to me and was like, hey, do you want to, we, we'd love to record your first album. And uh, they were teamed with comics, so they, uh, and comics, book, I forget who booked, but it was two albums we recorded each show, so we did. Oh wow! Uh, there was a host who did about ten minutes, and then I think I think it went. My friend Julia Rossi, who's a wonderful comedian, uh, recorded uh, did a forty-five minute set, and then I did a forty-five minute set, maybe fifty minutes. But and then each of those were our albums, and wow. then that was it. No others. Uh, and I don't. I think that's the only time that I've ever done just one show. That's unheard of, as far as I, all the podcasts I've done here asking that question are number one. Yeah. You're number one. Uh, number one for the number one recording of my number one <laughs> album. Uh, and, it were, I mean, at the time, it wasn't like I had a ton of other options. You know, I didn't have a lot of – I didn't have any uh, real credits at that sure. point. I think maybe I'd been on, uh, you know, Live at Gotham on Comedy Central, and things were starting to, you know, move forward. Sure. And uh, But, it, you know, I didn't have a lot of credits, and so there weren't a lot of companies beating down the door. Uh, they were just – I was, like, opening the door and being like, does anyone want to come beat it? I'll open it for you. You don't even have to beat it. You know what I mean? And they're like, we're I have gonna, a doorstop. We're going to beat it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I made that one and it was fortunately a, a positive show experience. And then my next album I recorded here yeah. uh, at Acme in 2012, I believe. And there again, I came for the whole week of shows and that was with Comedy Central and they recorded uh, two, I think... Two nights, so the Friday and Saturday. So got four shows for that one. Uh, then for my special in 2013, we recorded uh, at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. Did two shows in one night, and that was that was that. And then uh, that was the same thing. Actually, it was interesting. I is this interesting <laughs> that it was a Wednesday night for that? And then 2016 for my most recent album that's come out thus far, uh, recorded at uh, again another place that's not there anymore. I man, don't don't. 
don't have any places. Hold uh, on a second. Let's rethink this one this week. Sorry, maybe. It's already late. on the books. It's too happening. late. And also, I did one here and it didn't close. Okay. But, all right. All right. Uh, Exceptions so to every rule. It seems like there might, yeah, it might not be. Uh, it's not you. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> also, I did appear on uh, The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. And then a few months later, that was gone. And uh, hmm. did Letterman a couple times. He's gone. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think it's just about the impermanence of all things and not specifically <laughs> me. But who could say? Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm very powerful. Uh, but uh, yeah, I recorded at a place called Doc's Lab in San Francisco. Again, a Wednesday, two shows in one night. So uh, this this seems this is like back to uh, you know a cakewalk, just like sort of you know, falling back into a a warm a warm jacuzzi and sure. floating on uh, all the as as I as we're recording this right now. I'm like, what an amazing opportunity to be in front of these five audience. I don't know what they are. I can't predict the future. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I'm I'm optimistic. Yeah. Uh, the, the shows that thus far this week have been wonderful. Yeah, well, I mean, and we talked a little bit last night after the show. I was here last night on a Wednesday, nearly sold out. I mean, I, there were just a few rows open in the back. Awesome crowd for a Wednesday it, it night. Was, uh, yeah, it was a, a pleasant. Uh, I mean, not not. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because this. Yeah, you have the the clubs open on Wednesdays <laughs> because people come to it. If yes. it, if they didn't, then maybe it wouldn't be. Uh, but you know, most other most other places in the country uh, outside like New York and L.A. Uh, you know, most most clubs these days you don't have a week that starts on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, but here you do, and yeah, it was a uh, it was a really a great audience last night and uh you were a part of it so i thank you i i, I was a part of it i was a uh, i was sitting far in the back at a whole view of the whole audience and uh i do want to talk a little bit something about you and i already talked about last night after the show and this is about recording and getting like there there was just audience members like there, maybe there were yeah there were audience members and they per- they can participate in the recording of an album by just being a uh, a good audience and a good audience doesn't uh how do i say this they don't they don't want a good audience shouldn't stand out as a solo it should be a group correct yes, yes i would say that's a a fair assessment it's interesting cuz uh I, you know, obviously have publicized that I am recording, and as such, I would love for people to be here who want to be a part of it, to just to watch the show. But if you didn't know that it was a recording, I would also like the a good audience member for a recording or not a recording. I feel like it isn't like, oh, well, it's not a recording, so I can do a solo, <laughs> yeah, right. you know. But so uh, I'm the co-star. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like uh, the idea of telling people like it's a recording for some people, they be, they might be like, ooh, I'll be on my best behavior. That'll be better. But perhaps for some people, they might be like, it'll be my moment to shine. It'll yeah. be recorded for all eternity, posterity. I'll and- point out my fake sneeze <laughs> at the one minute mark. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so there was a last night, a man right up front who was very enthusiastic yes. to the point where he was so enthusiastic that you asked me if I was concerned about yes. uh, how he might or a person like that might impact uh, a recording. And I mean, ultimately, the the one of the benefits of doing multiple shows yeah. is that if one show has such a person, then ideally that doesn't matter. Uh, and even if there are some people like that, you know, and here, this is a, uh, a place that I perform so much that uh, it's well, it's interesting that we I often use the word like 
policed, you know, yeah. which has its own connotations uh, sure. in, in this day and age uh-huh. that uh, I think aren't as, uh, you know, there's, there's the scope of uh, real world policing and what that means. As compared, let's say there's unarmed policing at Acme. Yes, there's, uh, which is what I wish there was everywhere <laughs> right. in a way, just sort of like people voluntarily here to be like, hey, let's try to make this uh, the best situation. For oh, the, you want me the, to quiet the down? The comedians and, uh... and the audience. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure. I can do that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, manager, officer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that's the thing that I'm never I'm never really you, you can never control. You can never control anything in advance. You yeah. can't know who's going to show up and do what. But I think that, you know, over the years, this venue has fostered, uh, you know, uh, an audience of like respectful in general, you know, like people who enjoy comedy shows and understand the ideal way to enjoy a comedy show, uh, which is to sit, listen, and uh, respond involuntarily with laughter uh, or speak when spoken to, uh, yeah. which if you, I feel like that's a, uh, a phrase that the tone really dictates like what it means. Speak when spoken to. Oh. Or like, just speak when spoke? Hey, 100%. Holy cow, I've never thought of that. To. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the objectively, like there are cer- circumstances in which, you know, if you went to, if you go to any, any kind of like performance if the performance speaks to you literally and asks you a question that seems clear from the context that the answer is requested there are some moments during the show when i say you know please clap if this is true for you yeah. and and i do want people to do that or if i say what do you think this thing is Does anybody know what this is called yeah, there, there, was a, moments, there was that moment yeah and i i do sincerely want people to either offer their answers or guesses or information that is as requested i'm i'm not trying to uh, nefariously trick anyone uh and it's interesting though because comedy as a if genre or an art form uh is i feel like newer to most people it's it's stranger to most people like most people understand uh when you go to a movie like in general they you know, the idea is don't talk to the movie like there might be uh some like some specific films that maybe invite like i went to see snakes on a plane when it came out with a bunch of like 30 comedians and the whole audience was yelling at the screen uh because that movie in a way seemed to it and the circumstances the community decided uh, that that was what was oh i wish i could have been there and invited (laughs) and even like uh, some comedians like uh like neil hamburger i saw once at a rock club in cambridge massachusetts and there there was like a few bands and then I think Morgan Murphy went on and then Neil went on and I remember talking to one of his fans beforehand and he was like oh I love him he sucks you know and I've got all uh, beers to throw at him and things and like he threw things at Neil and Neil threw things at him and that was something that he had fostered in his own you know wow. audience wow. culture uh-huh. and and so it's not like uh, every, obviously, every comedian isn't the same. Some comedians do crowd work, and uh, that mm. might inspire more people to talk. But sometimes people might be like, oh, I saw I saw one show where yelling or throwing things seemed to be the thing. So I guess that's what comedy is. That like, would be a weird introduction, there wouldn't are, it? <laughs> there are fewer data points. You know, if you haven't seen that many comedy shows, you might be like, well, I saw one like this. Yeah. So are, are they all like this? I've gone to Neil Hamburger, and I watched Gallagher on VHS. Yeah, so I guess there's a lot of, like, splashing. Is that what comedy is all about? All about 
about liquid going in all directions. <laughs> yes. So I'll throw liquids if that's what people <laughs> do. But yeah, so I feel like uh, in general here, obviously, uh, I will. I have the show prepared. I will do the show uh, as it is, as it has been written and crafted and honed and performed hundreds of times thus far. And uh, there's always the variable of you know what the this particular audience will be and do and that's like that's an exciting uh new thing every time but uh, but yeah i'm not overly concerned i mean and even that that fellow might have he did enthusiastically insert uh some some cheers some mm-hmm. applause some like amens some like <laughs> you yeah that's right yeah. that's right mike uh-huh. uh some you know uh, what i would call heckling with support you know yeah. uh, uh, and I just did, I mostly didn't address him, and uh, and I think that that it worked out. It turned out to be the the way to go. I don't do this. I'll admit, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. I come well. I come a lot of the shows. I come on Wednesday because it's the day before I do the podcast. I like you know seeing the show before I talk to. Makes the guests. sense. Makes complete sense, right? You're a, you're a professional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but another thing connected to that is I usually leave immediately. Mm. Like as soon as the show is done, I just I'm I'm in my car. By the time the head like you'll like the headliner will be done, the MC will come back out while he's while the MC is coming out. I hit the door and I'm in my car. By the time you're like the headliner's even walking back out to the lobby, like it's just I want to get out of here. I'm here. That's I'm allowed. Be here. I'm gonna be here the next day. Yeah, I'm just gonna get out of here. Uh, Last night that didn't happen because my friend Derek Hughes oh, sure. was here yes. uh, to support you. Your, America's my got, friend also. Your yes. friend as well. America's Got Talent, uh, brethren yes. of yours. And um, so then when I saw Derek, well, then I stuck around after the show. I was like, well, I have to now. I'm going to chat with, catch up with Derek. I have to talk to my friend. I have, gonna, I have, I have to, to have a to good friend. time communing with another fellow <laughs> human being, another spirit manifesting itself in a separate physical form, even though phys- ideologically, spiritually, we are all sharing the same space energy matter. I'll stick around. Oh, no. I enjoy his, his company. I'll stay. <laughs> yes. So I did that. So the, no, I got to witness what I don't usually get to witness that much, and that is the headliner uh, talking to his or her fans after the show. Sure. And some interesting things. Can, oh, what did, what did be, you witness? Well, I just, I forget. Uh, I don't get hammered at the shows. Sure. I forget that people get super drunk sometimes, oh, yeah. and you're not drunk. Whoever's working here probably isn't drunk, and then have to go out and have a sober talk with a with maybe an inebriated fan uh it can be i mean i'm always grateful for anyone who wants to talk of course uh, because yeah. they enjoyed the show mm-hmm. because they like my comedy there was i don't know if you saw the the last the last guy who bought a cd had been uh i think everyone else had left i was talking with a few other friends and he and i, did, yes. I believe his wife were sort of a little little ways off and he approached uh tentatively and was like i don't want to you know like uh, see oh yeah I think you were one yeah. of the friends that I mm-hmm. was talking to. And, uh, yeah, he was very apologetic about wanting to purchase a CD. And right. I was like, oh, I that's what I, I'd rather uh, sell you all of my exactly. CDs than talk one more minute. Well, spend one <laughs> moment more communing with my spirit brethren. And uh, I – so he – 
uh, he, here's the thing that a lot of it, a lot of times this happens is I've had people be like, oh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of yours, and I'm, I'm so sorry if I'm awkward. And I'm like, until you said that, I wouldn't have known, noticed, thought it. It's fine. It doesn't matter. I appreciate it. And he was like that, but with, he's like, oh, I wish I hadn't had that third. If I hadn't had three drinks, then I would be able to talk to you. But I was like, I feel like you're, I mean, he didn't seem particularly I, I, inebriated. Right. I thought so, too. But and so I was like, well, I, I told him I was like, we've established like a, a very reasonable, realistic, positive baseline. If you ever come back, you know, through the rest of the weekend or any other time that I'm in Minneapolis, uh, it can only I guess it can only look up from here. This is uh, like I'm like, you seem like a but next time. He's just like a wizard, you know, uh, he's just some sort of, you know, he's like goodwill hunting. He's like proving comedy theorems on sure. blackboards at the uh, comedy college he's the janitor at he's like i'm only the janitor because i've just i didn't get my degree because of all the drinking and uh, but i would have been uh the president of the wizard college that's right you know? self-taught yeah uh but yeah it was uh it was fun i like that his his wife stood uh like a, a like a safe distance away mm-hmm. uh and uh was not embarrassed i think but she was just like okay you're doing everything's uh, mm-hmm. you, you did a good job yep. you, and we can uh leave the nice man alone now i'm like that's fine the nice man's uh Fine. I like fine. Like I you know, went over to her and I was like, "Nice to meet you as well." And and she was like, "Oh, yeah. he had been like, I'm such a big fan." And I was like, "And nice to meet you, Michelle." And she's like, "Oh yeah, not a fan." And uh, I was like, "That's funny, man. If this guy, if only this guy hadn't drunk, he could be making the jokes like this." I remember Michelle. Michelle. Right. I remember Mike as well. I I just um. It's got to be a uh, uh, unique, just the fact that, yeah, you, you want to engage with these people because they had a, a positive experience seeing your show. But then, and, I mean, not, like, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that guy. I just, you know, sometimes it's just conversations can, with someone that's inebriated, they can repeat themselves oh, over yeah. and over. And you kind of, there needs to be an out, right? Can I, I, can I tell you a... Uh, one of my favorite stories of recent. I think I couldn't have told you in the past because it happened a few months ago, uh, and we haven't talked since then until now. Here we go. Uh, I was performing at a club in New York called Eastville, uh, which is a club I like a lot. It's uh, near my home. This isn't important, but I can walk there, and that's really nice. Uh, and that's the whole story. Is that great? Um, so there was a, okay. a show. Okay. Oh, wait. There's more. <laughs> I remember. Um I'm sorry, I had three drinks uh, of club soda and water, and so I have to pee a lot, and that's what I was thinking about. Um, so, I, Saturday night, let's say we did a, it was like a showcase where, let's probably three or four comedians doing 15, 20 minutes each, and afterwards, uh, you know, the hundred to however many people uh, exit the, the showroom, and they're squeezing out, well, maybe the next crowd is lining up to go in and so it's a packed bunch of people and i see one there'd been one audience member who had like spoken up during a few people's sets excuse me very much uh i don't know if that burp was caught on on air but uh now you know that i burped uh we don't we don't hold anything back here there's no laugh track and there is a burp track um so even vegans burp everybody in case you're true. curious uh especially when they when they've had three whole club sodas um so I saw this woman who had yelled during a few people's, you know, she had yelled. It didn't ruin anything, but definitely some comedians, you know, engaged with her more 
then not one of those comedians was talking with her and I went over and she was saying to and she was like oh and you you and she was like assessing and she okay. clearly was very drunk um, and she was like she said to me she's like you talk too fast okay. we all agree and then like <laughs> the guys that she was with they were all like mm, actually mm, kind of uh, I don't uh, from behind her uh, right. silently and uh, and I was like mm-hmm. and I was like what is your name and she's like Erica and I was like well Erica it's very nice to meet you. I'm glad you came to the show. Thank you so much. And she was like, "Yeah, you just have to slow down some because, like, I'm a I'm a scientist, and uh, and my I if I couldn't follow like no but like none of these oh, guys, sure. and they're yeah. all like, no, we were fine, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so then uh, cut to I I I leave them and I go sort of out front, and then maybe literally two minutes later, that that group of people comes out, and then that woman comes over to me, and uh, and she says the same things that. She she, she was like, you, ha- you were good, but you have to uh, slow down. Oh, and no. I was like, thank you so much for uh, coming to the show, Erica. And then she goes, how did, did you, you know my name? name? <laughs> yes. It was, my, it was worth the whole thing. It was like, I'm a mentalist, but only for blackout drunk yeah, people. Oh, that would have been great if you would have like pulled out a deck of cards and <laughs> nailed her with another one. Pick a number. Yeah, just try to do everything. And by the way, this is your card. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you know? I didn't even remember picking a card. Oh, my God, Erica. Yeah. So I think, honestly, I mean, sincerely, I'm still at a place where, like, uh, I just uh, I did a show a few weeks ago in Baltimore opening for Gary Gullman's new uh, tour that he's going to be uh, filming soon, The Great Depression. Yes. And uh, he's, you know, Gary is a friend and a wonderful comedian, a master. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm thrilled to know him and to get to watch. And also, I think there were like 500 people at this show. And he then did sort of a meet and greet after. And uh, it's like anybody who wants to take a picture, have a conversation, get an autograph, anything. And I feel like at least a quarter of the audience stayed like more than a hundred people maybe even hundreds of people just like and he just stayed and talked to everyone and was you know grateful yeah. and that's just such a beautiful thing to see and to because obviously like any one you know if one, any one person wasn't there you but you need we need like if there's no audience like there's no show there's right. no career there's no art there's no anything uh, so I am certainly always and I'm not even at that point where there are you know, I, I don't I think, you know, however many people were here last night, a couple hundred, yep. like a hundred people didn't stop and talk to me. You know, sure. like some some smaller uh, but substantial uh, number that I'm grateful for. Like, however many people want to like I want to talk to them. Like yeah. if they you know, even if it's just in passing that they you know, some people didn't know me and now they do and yeah. enjoyed the show. Some people who have seen me here before or on TV or podcasts or whatever it is like I'm just I am grateful. So even even if quote, nothing comes out of it, even if it is just a guy uh, who's saying that he's drunk and that he wished he wasn't and that he's a big fan and that even if he didn't want a CD, even if he... Well, but so Even if a beautiful thing like that, how did you know my name from Erica? Even if, like, every once in a while you get one of those and those, you keep those gems forever, but even even without that it's just i'm just the fact that people have enjoyed what i've done uh i'm i'm grateful to have a connection i uh 
I, this week, last two weeks, have listened to quite a few episodes of your podcast. Oh, thank you for doing that. that. Yeah. Research. Yeah. Research, absolutely. Um, and it came up when we were chatting with some some of the people after the show yesterday. So we your podcast. Came oh yeah. I think I asked them. I said, "You listen to?" Uh, I, I of course tried to promote my your yes, appearance on my oh yes co- Acme's podcast yes, here, yes. and then yours uh, came up, and. <laughs> they were quizzed on the name. Do you remember mm. what they said? Oh, I'm glad that you reminded me. Uh, because It's funny because I think I had, it might have been these same people. Uh, but yeah, it, I don't remember, but yeah. I, I had handed, you know, I have uh, cards that have the podcast information on them. And the cards have the, the podcast artwork that was done my, by my wonderful friend, Ramin Nazer, who I'm sure I've mentioned on this. I try to mention him whenever possible. His art is beautiful. I follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His Instagrams are great. His books, his comics. His his stand up his every, he's a an amazing artist and friend and so I'm just happy he did my last album cover for uh, the No Kidding CD that mm-hmm. I uh, put out a few years ago and so I just love I love looking at his you know sort of colorful beautiful rainbow psychedelic yeah. art and so I like you know offering uh, people you know the I want people to know about my podcast and I and they, so they get to see the artwork that he did for it and so I had handed people this card and. And uh, then some, one of them was saying that they did, they have listened to my podcast. They're like, or had thought it was an out for whatever it was. They were like, yeah, what is it? Is it uh, pickles? And I was like, it's broccoli and ice cream. Thank you. I was like, oh yeah, pickles, pickles and yogurt. I think is the uh, <laughs> the the fun. Miss, I'm I'm gonna do uh, some bonus episodes, uh, par- a parody of my podcast called Pickles and Yogurt coming soon. <laughs> If you had a uh, like an official, um, that would be like the spinoff. Yeah, like Happy Days to Joni Loves Chachi. Oh yeah, that. that makes. I'll try to, try to keep doing it. You know, asparagus and mayonnaise. Uh, you got uh, bok choy and ranch. <laughs> bok choy. Um, that was very funny. Anyway, the, the podcast is great, and I reason I uh, this, I think it's a good time to bring that up and talk about us because I picked some of the episodes of your podcast of people that I'm already fans of. Oh, that makes and sense. that's the beautiful thing about podcasts is I like I hope people listen to this one and many others to find new new people entertainers that they may like if they've never heard of them before, of but course. also to hear more from people that they already like. Uh, so the ones I uh, handpicked out of from your show uh, and one I didn't get to that I'm excited to listen to still was Shane Moss. Uh, who's been on the show quite a few times, but uh, Mike Doty. Oh yeah, I can't believe I'm so jealous that you have a, some sort of relationship with Mike Doty. Oh yeah. For people that don't know, uh, you're if you don't know who Mike Doty is, you're probably under the age of 35, maybe. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, but especially in the Twin Cities, people know who he is. He had, like one of his biggest followings in the country is in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I mean, he's oh, wow. huge here. That huge makes huge here. I mean, his his voice is beautiful. His songs are amazing. You yeah. know, like I yeah, I had known his music obviously. I think when it was popular in the nineties, Soul Coughing for people that don't know. Yeah, was one of it was his very popular band in the nineties. Yeah, I think I just saw is Circle the 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 song that went highest on the charts. Ah, uh, Circles is popular. Yeah, uh, I think I just saw him post about that because there was a, a maybe a thing on Twitter about like what's the the most Gen X thing you ever did, and he. Was like had had this song, uh, oh, you know, hit, enter the top forty uh, Billboard charts, and I think it was that one. And so yeah, I mean, I listened to him in my formative uh, like teenage 
you know, music going into brain, formulating it, yeah. listening years. And uh, then when I started doing comedy, when I moved to New York in uh, like 2008, uh, I just, I, he was on comedy shows sometimes. Like he was part of uh, or friendly with or adjacent to sort of, you know, if, if for lack of a better term or for, you know, for shortening, but now for lengthening the shortening, <laughs> like the, the sort of alt scene sure. uh, that, you know, there was a show called Tell Your Friends that uh, Liam McEnany hosted every, I think Monday at this place, the Lolita Bar in the Lower East Side, and they would often just have they would have a musical guest, and he was often the musical guest. So I was on co- on comedy shows with Mike Doty. He was always yeah. someone that uh, in concert, which I, besides the songs, being I'm being a huge fan of the great songs, you know, him solo or with the band, but he's was also and I'm sure is to this day a great just the chatting in between songs. Oh yeah, really good per- a sense of humor, great personality, and did a lot of talking. And it really, it's just as enjoyable anything else in the show it's interesting because i mean for me like talking is the main you know the main component of the thing that i do whereas like you could be i mean you could be a musician and not sing you could be a singer and not talk you could be you know you can create you know yes a sculpture you can make things Mm -hmm. that aren't talking but i to me maybe i'm biased towards talking but it always seems like if you ask somebody who does something you know singular somebody who makes something who creates you know, for a living uh, or for their art, like to be able to talk about, like, you know, like, how do you do it? You know, when did you start doing it? How do you do it differently? Mm-hmm. Like, so even if it's just talking about the thing, like my girlfriend is reading Proust right now and I haven't read it, but she's, she's loving it. And it's, you know, I don't know if you know, it's like the, it's a book that's like six or seven books long. Okay. And uh, part of it, sometimes he'll be describing uh, the, the character, the main character who I believe is it, not, it's not an autobiography per se, but it's like based on like the life of the character is like the life of the author in many ways. And so sometimes the author, uh, as the character, the narrator, is talking about like a composer, about certain music that has themes that repeat. And then, you know, if you, you have been reading the book, then you're like, oh, well, also this book has themes that repeat. And so the way that this artist is talking about music is the same way. Uh, it's an analogy, a parallel to how the the art the the author so like the narrator is talking about music the same way that the author is using that as a metaphor to talk about the very writing that they're doing and so it's certainly I guess what I'm saying is it's never surprising to me when you know somebody who makes beautiful art of one kind is also capable of you know being like hey what if you take the instrument away for a second and just you know yeah. let, let the universe keep flowing through you however it's gonna come out uh, so it makes sense you know that there there's great musicians who are who are storytellers especially you know like songs are often stories as well or poems or you know word sound paintings so uh, yeah, he is. I guess I, what I'm saying is, uh, yes, I agree. Mike Doty is good. <laughs> and I, I am grateful to have become his friend and got to know him and had, had him on my show. <clears throat> Thanks for listening. <laughs> I, uh, I once went to the uh, album release of one of, of a soul coughing uh, album release. They did it in an in store performance in Minneapolis here, like, oh, wow. 19, oh, my God, 20. Three years ago, I went to one. It was 1996. Sure, I remember that because uh, I bought an album and had all the band members sign it. And every every one of them that signed it um, 
including Mike Doty, put some little, uh, like one buddy, one wrote, good luck, and one wrote pole vault, because it was the the Olympics for the exact same time. Oh, okay. So I just remember it was 1996. <laughs> that makes sense. Another episode of your uh, podcast, Broccoli and Ice Cream, I listened to is Joe Zimmerman, who I'm oh. such a big fan of and is so funny. Oh, he's such a delightful human. He actually called me on the phone today. Oh. Uh, just a few hours ago. Yeah, he's, uh, it's interesting because I feel like, um, in comedy, you can know you can you can know somebody from their work before you know them. Uh, in fact, uh, a guy who I think I might have been mentioning this uh, to somebody yesterday, possibly it could have been you. But uh, there is there are sometimes like people who listen to your podcast or your comedy and then know you in a way that they wouldn't if that nobody would uh, if you didn't do what you did if you sure. didn't talk about yourself, your life, uh, your likes, your dislikes. Uh, and so, but it's a one it's a one way communication, uh, typically speaking, because I don't know what all of the people's lives are like who listen to my podcast, unless sometimes they, you know, write me emails and become fans and or then sort of convert into friends. And there's this word called a parasocial, uh, which is uh, it's a word used to describe like the kind of uh, one way relationship that people often develop with. I think I saw I just looked it up. The term came from maybe the 50s. Uh, and it was originally about TV. Like you would see, you know, people on TV and you'd be like, oh, now I know what their life is like. And now it's now even more so with podcast and social media. You oh, can yeah. follow people. You can interact with people. I mean, I do have some people who I, I consider friends who started as people who like knew my comedy and wrote me an email. Yeah. Uh, and so in an interesting way, like uh, for Joe Zimmerman, which is where this started, uh, he's a guy who, like, you know, I, I think before we were as good friends as we are now, like I had seen him on TV and he had maybe seen me. At, like you could both, for comedians, you can know each other without having ever, sometimes I'll meet people, a comedian and be like, hey, do we know each other? Yeah, I'm I like, bet. I know your name. I know your face. I know your work. You know me. You know mine. Yeah. Like, but have we ever met? Like literally there are people who I'm like, I don't don't know if this is the first time that we're meeting because I we already kind of in a way know each other yeah. because it's this it's one way but it's both ways and so it and I remember this is a thing that I thought about a lot when I was starting doing comedy is you know maybe if you let's the idea of having like a nine to five job you have your coworkers and then you have maybe you know your friends outside of work that you go out and hang out with at night after work maybe some of the people from work are also your friends outside of work but you could have just work friends and then hang out at night maybe at a bar kind of friends but for comedy you're at night working hanging out at a bar with your friend are these people your friends or are they your coworkers <laughs> Are they? And so for comedy friends, interesting. Yeah. I always felt like the way that you knew somebody was your friend is if you hung out during the day. Sure. If, if they were like, do you want to eat lunch? Like, we don't have to do that now. Now it's even the lines even more blurred with like, do you want to do my podcast? Oh, yeah, because we're we're friends. Or is it it's work? It's a working oh, podcast time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like we're friends, but this is work also <laughs> or and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so uh, it's now like I feel like the new the new way to tell for sure that you're 
your friends is if you're having a conversation that's not a podcast uh, that you don't have to be having, you know, like, like a friend. And so, yeah. So Joe was uh, he was driving today and uh, he he said he wanted to say hello. He knew I was uh, here, here doing these, sure. about to do these recordings. And uh, he had uh, he also had a topic that he wanted to discuss, uh, which is private and you can't know. Um, Joe has secrets. I'm sorry. I would tell you. What? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really he, he he didn't even swear me. to. I just assume I assume <laughs> he doesn't want anyone to know about his deep, dark secrets. Oh, I thought you were going to slip up there. Delightful, friendly. Oh, yeah. What a, I mean, his comedy is so funny. My girlfriend really likes his comedy, too. Like we I think she's listened to it more than I have. So like it uh, it comes up. Quote. Here's a do you know his joke about taxes? We we like we quote it a lot. It's basically about how uh, when tax day when tax day comes around, he's like the government is basically like okay, so uh, figure out. He's like, what do I owe you? Guess. <laughs> it's like uh, okay, but uh, can't you just tell me? No, you have to guess. <laughs> and okay, but what happens if I guess wrong? You go to jail. <laughs> It's he's so he's so funny yeah. and smart yeah. and and good. So big, yeah, I'm you're you're right to like him. Big fan. Thanks for now. Listening. One person uh, out of this group. Now here's the fourth person I'm going to mention of guests from your show. The first three I've I've met at some point in my life. Did you say three already? I feel like he's Zimmerman. Yep. Doty. Mike, Mike Doty. Shane Moss. I oh, briefly yes, mentioned course. him. And number the four. Fourth. I've never met, and I would love to someday. I'm a fan of his as well, and uh, and you've already mentioned him, Gary Gullman. Oh yes, yeah. That's I. Oh, Gary is uh, so I started out in Boston, and he started there uh, some years earlier. So he was like at least at the time, you know, a class ahead, you know. And so I feel like when I would be going to open mics and doing like you know five minute sets here and there, sometimes I think he had moved away, so he would come back to town sometimes and be around for a weekend or a week, and. Like visit his family, I suppose, and then he would just be out at all of the club. He would go to open mics, he would go to showcases, and he would maybe do you know get to do like ten, twenty minutes of just like brand new stuff. And so, sort of, I like you know as a comedian grew up. Like he was one of the people that I was watching, and uh, I remember his first album, Conversations with Inanimate Objects, was just like I feel like it was a perfect album. I remember telling him once, like when I when we started getting to know each other, uh, I remember. I, the th- one thing that I loved about that album is like, I mean, the material is incredible, but also I feel like the audience was perfect. It was just like they would clap when you would want them to clap, but it wasn't too much. It wasn't oh. like they were like a pumped up, you know, artificially. It was like they really holistically, organically, like naturally, like melded. It was like a beautiful conversation of laughter and applause and the comedy. And I, I wanted to express all that to Gary at one point. And I think I said, I'm like, the audience reaction was was like exactly correlated it was like the per- it was like the perfect uh you know amount for the comedy yeah. which uh it, saying that without any context could be like i mean the jokes weren't funny and there was no laughter you know <laughs> it was perfect it was like it was like a one to one a zero to zero uh but uh I, I remember in 2005 i got to i started doing comedy about 2002 in 2005 i was at bu uh getting a graduate degree and i there was a comp comedy competition and BU's funniest student and I won that year and when you won that competition uh, part one of the prizes what part of the prize maybe the only prize or just the thing they said was you got to open for you know a, a big professional comedian or a professional somebody coming through and the person that I got to open for was Gary and it's interesting because I like I I knew Gary uh but and I'd I maybe had been on shows with him before but that was the first time that like he I think saw me like 
specifically do comedy and like I had one joke that uh, that he like expressed that he liked yeah. and I was like oh, this is uh, yeah so I mean he's been like a comedy you know big brother type figure for a long time and so I'm uh, very grateful that uh, you know that I know him personally and that he uh, was uh, happy and willing to sit down and chat there was a story he told on your podcast about <laughs> Bob Saget's name oh yeah came up and he told a story about uh, he, he, like he was hinting towards some uh, hostility towards Bob Saget I'm like what is the story behind this and then he tells the story and apparently uh, earlier in his career he got bumped at yeah, a Bob Saget club. had shown up and uh, and Gary was supposed to go go on to perform, and Bob through you know very the, the the common practice that does exist in in various comedy venues in like New York, L.A. Usually, uh, if uh, a a famous comedian comes in and wants to perform, they generally speaking can. Uh, and it's funny because there are times when uh, when I started in Boston uh, at the Comedy Studio, there there Wait, was, are they still open? They are okay. They uh, yeah they they just moved in fact so that there is a lot you know a lot of impermanence in the in the world but they're actually I think they're in a a better circumstance now for twenty years at least they were at this one place at in the the attic of a Chinese restaurant called the Hong Kong and I mean they built up a, an amazing thing like you know sold out shows every weekend just like a beautiful place to perform uh, like a comedy womb of a of a sort and <laughs> nice. uh, but now they're in a different location not too far away. Uh, a bigger space, and they own it now, I believe, as opposed to you know renting from yeah. someone. They have their own. They have their own situation going on. But uh, in the beginning, that uh, Stephen Wright came by a few times, and you know he had maybe a home in the area, so and he just wanted to hang out. And I remember uh, this is so. I was I started in 2002. In 2004, I was there were each they started a program called like the Comic in Residence where every month there would be a different comedian that got to do the opening spot on every show. Okay. Uh and so I remember uh it was must have been like April 2004, uh my friend Eric Charles Nielsen was uh the Comic in Residence and Stephen Wright came and for a week did he would just stopped in and did a bunch of shows. And uh, but each time, like people and the owner, Rick, was always like, anytime you want, anytime you were happy to have you, I'll, we'll make room on the show for you. Uh, and like nobody was getting like removed from the show because of it. You know, they would just tighten up just people's add. times. Maybe yeah, sure. the show would be a little, a little more densely packed. Uh, but I remember this one time, uh, Stephen Wright was he was like, OK, I, I, I'll do I'll do a set the fr- maybe the first time. And. And Rick said, when do you want to go up? And he's like, whenever. Is like, second okay? And he's like, absolutely. And he's like, wait, who who was supposed to be second? Like, who would I be, like, you know, displacing or making go later? And uh, and he said, oh, it's that that guy over there. It's uh, Dave Thompson, I believe. And, you know, Dave Thompson is uh, was a guy at the time, a, a Boston comedian who uh, wasn't Stephen Wright. Uh, and But Stephen Wright went over to him and was like, Dave, uh, I'm... I was offered a spot. Do you mind if I go before you? And Dave was like, "Yeah, that's fine. You're Stephen Wright." And and then that was that was like a nice way for it to go. Yeah. Uh, and that's 
all that. So essentially, it was sometimes, and he only did maybe he did five or seven minutes, like everybody else. Everyone was doing five to seven minutes. He did five to seven minutes. You know, you hear sometimes, you know, people like uh, like Chappelle might drop into the comedy cellar and do an hour. You know, you might have uh, like that. That can happen. And uh, for the comedians that are displaced there, they still get paid. They can stick around and do their spots after. They don't have to. Like it's it can happen. And so I don't know all of the circumstances of of the the Gary Saget tale, <laughs> but it seems like perhaps you know there wasn't as much of a, a meeting of the minds of a mm, doesn't of, sound like it. Of no. a communion nope, doesn't sound like a decision it. before you know a, a deliberation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can yeah I understand. Uh, but did, did you want to say any more about your, no yeah, no I, I was going to lead into uh, you I mean you you beat me to it I was going to le- ask if you had any personal experience with stuff like that and you, yeah that yeah I would say I think when I. Uh, I started working at the Comedy Cellar after I did Last Comic Standing in like 2010, and so sometime over the next couple of years, I remember there were times when like Seinfeld would come in, and uh, I would, you know, I would be happy to, you know. I'm just gonna say you gotta sort of like take it like, uh, yeah, I just got fucking bumped by Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, I'm flattered because that means I'm doing the same thing he does in the same place he does it. That's awesome right yeah. yes yeah. and uh and so i guess you're right gary should be grateful that he's doing the same thing as bob saget <laughs> uh nope saget and seinfeld aren't in my eyes not the same i mean not they're the both same. stars of like two of the most influential tv shows sitcom so, stars yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both just you know straight white men of a of a certain age that's right <laughs> I don't see it. their names both start with S. Like what? <laughs> what do you mean they're different? <laughs> oh, the, the, the good. You know what? You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just to re uh, replug uh, everyone. If you don't know Gary Goleman, like you don't have to listen to my podcast episode with him. It would be a fine place to start. But uh, his. Uh, you you can listen to his albums on Spotify. You can like where wherever his new the Great Depression uh, tour show ends up. Watch that. It's uh, you know it's it's beautiful because it's uh, I mean his first album I feel like was you know a masterpiece of just like observational you know just really meticulous like worked out like just really well crafted honed like art pieces and now he's still doing that but also the subject is you know himself and his struggles with mental health and uh it's like valuable for like there's so many people at the show that i think are you know there's psychiatrists who are like thank you for sharing you know your experience Mm -hmm. with this like the therapy that you're going through yeah yeah uh and it's it's all it's overall you know like mental health uh is so stigmatized you know mental illness is something that's not talked about even though you know how whatever huge percentage of uh america is on some kind of uh medication for a disorder of some kind. And- I to a, a few weeks ago, I bought, uh, I, I bought, yeah, I bought some tickets to a comedy show, and the friend that I was going to go with, we, we, uh, we, let's see, we don't hang out too much. Somebody, I, I, uh, we get along really well. Um, haven't known him that long. I don't know why I'm even saying any of that. The point is, we had plan. We're both comedy fans, and that is like our one of our number one uh, connections. Is we're both big comedy fans. Sure. So I got tickets for us to go to a show, and the morning of, we were uh, confirming via text where we were going to meet, what time, and all that. And then, uh, like six hours later, 
give or take, he uh, sent me a message saying, I- "I'm s- this is day of the show. Mm-hmm. Sends me a message later that afternoon saying, I'm sorry, I can't make it. My anxiety in- is out of control. I'm not, uh, you know, I mean, and the show was still going to be another f- four or five hours later, six hours later. Sure. And he was like, I can't do it, man. We had just confirmed. And then midday, he's like, I- it hit him. And he's like, I can't go. I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, anxiety is something. It's. I feel like the fact that the word anxiety and depression are both words that we, you know, if you aren't clinically depressed or clinically diagnosed with anxiety, they're still words that have meaning for us. You know, like, oh, I was getting anxious about, you know, getting these test results, or like, ah, this the reading the news depresses me a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the and I think that there are sort of tropes in our society that. Like people are like, oh, if you're not depressed, you're not paying attention. But you can, you know, you can be paying attention and be like saddened by the news, be you know upset, be frustrated. Uh, but also, when you're clinically depressed, you might be unable to get out of bed. You mm-hmm. might be, you know, eating all the time or unable to eat at all. You might be, you know, experiencing like physical, physiological, you know, emotional, uh, mental, uh, you know, distress and and symptoms that if you're if you don't suffer from depression or if you don't know someone who has who is clinically depressed like the idea ah, depression like i feel like maria bamford has a joke where people don't talk about physical ailments like that oh, we all have a broken leg you know <laughs> and it's like obviously when you when you compare it to a physical ailment like <laughs> if you've there are people who've never broken their leg so you don't know what it feels like to break your leg sure. you can imagine the wor- the worst leg pain you've ever had if it's not a broken leg you don't know right and you can you only have to like you can see that there are people who have like their legs you know off in the wrong direction you know and like or in a cat you, you can believe that there are worse ways to feel yes. but when it's something that's not visibly Inside, yeah. yeah when it's you're like i guess I, I mean we can never know what another person is feeling internally we we must trust them we must like listen and assess especially because you know we all we in our own experiences we have access to times that you know we experienced one thing and another thing you're like oh before i'd ever experienced that i didn't even know that that was a thing that was possible whether it's a high a low you know any specifics mm-hmm. uh to be very general about it but uh yeah obviously there are people uh who very sincerely like you know your friend uh he know whatever whatever he was dealing with that day he he was the one who was an authority on uh on whether he thought he could go out later yeah yeah i it's and it's awkward because it's like ah if that's like i can't like come on man fucking <laughs> grab your balls and let's go man but it's like oh shit if that's what you think is right then that's yeah. what you need to do and man i'm i'm here but oh, did you sucks. bring somebody else to the show i did bring someone else and that, that makes sense and then uh on side note, I had never collected the money from him, so then I ended up paying for both tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Man up and pay, pay for those tickets. Could you at least like, throw me some money for the ticket you're backing up? <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely wasn't doing that. <laughs> I was fine with eating that cost. Not a problem. <laughs> Uh, let's see. What is? Where's the time here? I don't want to take up. Oh, we got a little, we'll do a little more time here. Did you... Um, 
I went on Twitter and saw a story about Arsenio Hall. Did you see? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I went on. Uh, I was on Twitter and I saw a thing. It was I hit the little button that says trending, and trending in my feed it was something called one four three day in Pennsylvania. Oh, did you see what that was? I didn't. One four three day. Please tell me. Is a uh, t- is uh, well today is the one hundred forty third day of the year. Oh, okay. that makes sense. Sure. So today they are celebrating 143 Day in Pennsylvania. Uh, it's a statewide day of kindness honoring Mr. Rogers. Ah. Oh, of course, 143. Do you know why? I didn't. I I do. And how did I I'm a how was a huge fan? How do, go ahead and say what it is and how did you know that? I'll tell you uh well, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you that you're not as huge a fan <laughs> as you purport to be. Must have went over my head. Did you see the Mr. Rogers documentary? Yes. Uh they do I believe I did learn this fact from the documentary and I'm just basking in the fact that I know like very soon we'll both know it or you'll remember Remember it, but next time I'm going to yeah. remember. Uh, I one, knew that I know and I don't know. But one yeah. four three uh, stands for I love you because one is the number of the letters in the word I four love three you and that's something maybe like a secret message that he would either I think send to either fans or, or his daughter his wife maybe? or some some family member f- perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, it was just that was his you know quote unquote secret. Message code yeah one four three equaled I love you uh-huh. so uh, and is he from Pennsylvania is yes that, that makes sense yes so yeah that I I like that a lot what a what a fantastic uh, man that man was uh, that documentary uh, won't you be my neighbor oh. you know, uh, incredible whether I, you remember the part about one for th- one four three by watching it or not it's a great documentary and uh, here's the thing uh, a few days ago Saturday this past Saturday I was I live in uh, Brooklyn and it was a nice day and I went out for a walk in my neighborhood and. Uh, I saw uh, part of it was like I like to just you know walk for exercise, but also uh, our neighborhood sometimes like people just leave books you know for like free books on you know out on their front steps you know if they're like instead of taking it to Goodwill or whatever just like you leave them in the neighborhood and people pick up books as they walk by so I'm like I'm just gonna do like kind of a free book crawl you know just like walk up and down <laughs> like the streets in my in my area methodically yeah and uh, by the end of it I found yeah you know, I, th- I probably walked you know a couple miles just within you know within a half mile radius of my house just up and down uh these streets and i found one of the books that i found was like uh a book of quotes of mr rogers oh i have uh, that book oh yeah it's like the gospel according to yes it was like, it w- and uh haven't read it all yet but there was i mean something on the back that was just about like you know the the people like i mean his quote about like look for the helpers you know and uh anyway the point is that was just a beautiful day in my neighborhood <laughs> That's uh, the only reason I wanted to say it. And, uh, I don't believe anything else. Nothing's important. Uh, but no, I mean, it's such a... It's interesting because I grew up... Like, I remember watching Sesame Street a ton yeah. as a kid. Oh, I yeah. feel like Mr. Rogers was like, you know, the the Conan to, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Sesame Street's Leno or whatever. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, at the time. Solid a, leading. A very, a very Solid yeah. leading. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I'm sure that I also did... Wa- but I don't have any specific memories of Mr. Rogers. But I know that... I. I know that I did watch. Okay. Like, uh, so I feel like they're inherent somewhere, you know, in, in, implanted in the in the DNA, nurtured into the nature. Uh, and so, but it's nice to, as an adult, uh, re-engage with uh, how how positive and you know and caring his his message and messages have been. The message they have, uh, I, I do think it's. Um 
interesting that, uh, you know, he's from the city of brotherly love. Right? Oh, that makes sense. Uh, which also has a reputation of being full of a bunch of a-holes. Oh, sure. <laughs> so it, that is sort of... And they're like, guys, guys, come on, brotherly love. Can we, <laughs> that's what we'd, we'd rather be doing. Uh-huh. Uh, so here's the official thing here. It says, uh, starting today, May 23, uh, we'll see how far a little kindness can spread. Every time you do something nice, you're supposed to use hashtag 143 day in PA, and they're going to see how many nice uh, things. Ah. So they on this website that they put together for today, they have a little thing where you could... Uh, it, it's a random... Randomizer, a nice thing. Ha! A kind. Oh. Kindness generator. Wow. All right. I like it. Oh, yeah. here's what I just hit the button. The first one that came up here it says, "Tell someone a friendly joke." Ha <laughs> ha! I like that. A friendly joke. I'm not sure what that is, but I mean, I guess maybe it's as compared to knock knock. Who's there? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> a very explicitly friendly joke. Yeah. Welcome into my house. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, knock knock. Come in whoever you are. <laughs> yeah, doesn't even matter. Don't even wipe your feet. All are welcome. Keep your shoes on. Knock knock, who's there? All are welcome. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I like I think that's I think we got in it. the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, let someone ahead of you in line. That is do you know uh, Not a chance. Uh, I mean <laughs> <laughs> sincerely like uh, so my friend Liz Glazer is a comedian who I met in New York a few years ago. She lives in L.A. now uh, and is wonderful. I recommend, if you are wherever she is, uh, listening to the comedy she does and following her on all the things. Liz Glazer, we were hanging out uh, in my neighborhood recently, and we went into this coffee place near me, and we were ju- we were just hanging out. We were just there to sit and talk and we got in line and then a woman came in after us and I don't know exactly how but it was clear that she was in a hurry and so Liz said are you in a hurry do you want to go ahead of us and she was like I am late for in my my shift at and it's so so very like so thoughtful of you and she actually was late for a shift at the Park Slope food co-op which I of which I'm also a member oh okay uh and so I was like oh that's great I'm a member and so then she at this coffee shop which is a block away from the co-op she tells the clerk I am a member of the co-op and the clerk is like okay great so you'll get the discount that co-op members get which I was like oh I didn't I didn't know that co-op <laughs> members get a discount here. And so if – and it wasn't like – obviously, you, the the reason to let someone in front of you in line isn't so that you get something Save out of it. Save money yeah. somehow? I mean, but also, it does make you feel – it can make you feel like a good person for a second. Like, if it legitimately – like, that, you know, one-minute maximum that it took that woman to order and get her drink and then – we have to wait that minute. We're still hanging out, talking, doing everything. Like, it costs us literally approximately nothing. Right. And we get to be nice to a person, help a person, in this case, learn a thing that's helpful to ourselves then and into the future. But uh, it's sort of like uh, it's just a, a bonus, you know, that uh, it's it's not – the, the reason to do kind things isn't so that – Oh, you feel good doing kind things, but that is a bonus benefit that you do get from doing a nice thing uh, like that. Uh, seriously, how big is a discount that you're getting on? 5%. 5%. Yeah, it's not very big. <laughs> it hardly matters. <laughs> I didn't. don't even know if we got it. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, you don't even notice. Yeah. 5%? Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, yeah. We were get $1 million of coffee, please. <laughs> Five percent discount, and now we're returning it, uh, <laughs> but not at the discount. So we made a little money. 
Let's see. Can I have another good one here? Uh, yep, yep, no. But, oh, here you go. I want you to do this one on your walk uh, back to the hotel. Please. Bring construction workers bottled water. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Uh, do they Are they famous for not having water? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or even not bottled water. Do it be better for the environment? Uh, bring them. I was going to say, own, that's a little. Yeah, yeah. Organic, homegrown tap water. <laughs> Just uh, walk over with your hands cupped full oh, yeah. of water. <laughs> yeah, just wait for it to rain. Go out. Say, yeah. <laughs> uh, even though they could just uh, be like, open your mouth, look up. <laughs> oh, that's right. I just pushed it again, and it said, let construction workers know it's raining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's a good wow. one, too. It sounds like they, like it's like Alexa listening to <laughs> I us. I don't I think. I had no idea. I'll have to turn that off. <laughs> Alexa, please stop eavesdropping. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else here? People need to come to the shows here while you're in town. They need to. They need. Not not because they want to, because they need to, I think, is the uh, is that. So yeah. uh, let me see. So your podcast, you have one episode a week? Approximately. Approximately. So I feel like... Uh, at least one a week. There are, I would say, most months I strive to put out five. So I sometimes they come out every. I'd say they come out approximately every six days. Okay, like and then you do the and you do a Patreon thing, right? Yes, uh, there. So two episodes come out at a time. One of them for free, and one of them that you can pay. Approximately a dollar for Like if you give me a, a dollar a month You'll get a free one a month If you give me four dollars a month You'll get all of them yeah. For the month Which is usually five So it's even less than, It's basically 80 cents It's like It's hardly anything You get a 5% discount <laughs> It's actually It's actually a 20% discount I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> you know, people get happy with the 5%, so just oh, beware of that. You yeah, can... <laughs> I'll say you get at least 5% off. It's 20. Uh, yes, it's uh, it's. I, ha- I talk to people. Usually one episode is focused on, you know, their work, and the second one is focused on uh, what they, how they find joy and peace when they're not working. Uh, sometimes they one is the free one, and sometimes one is the paid one, and then sometimes it's just wherever the conversation goes, but... Sometimes the broccoli's free, other times it's the ice cream. You get it. Sometimes both. Yes. Sometimes it's broccoli flavored ice cream. Hey. Which I uh I Googled um did, or actually I didn't Google it, but I just completely random here. Uh there's a news story I found today. Just I wasn't searching for it, just saw the headline on a mm. different page. Spinach ice cream. Oh. Did well, you know? I, d- I don't know. I have to... Spinach ice cream in New York. What? Do you know a place called Van Leeuwen? Oh, Van Leeuwen, yeah. Van Leeuwen ice cream? You know this place. I do. It's great. Okay. Well, when you get home, I don't know, are you going home Sunday? Yeah, I'll go home at some point, yeah. yeah. In honor of Popeye's 90th birthday. Oh, wow. Happy birthday, Popeye. They have spinach ice cream. Spinach ice cream. And they do have an assortment of vegan ice creams there, so I wonder if, I mean, if it, if the spinach ice cream isn't vegan, I don't know what they're doing. Well, I, I, uh, someone described the taste, and it says you could taste the coconut cream. Oh, that used. makes sense. Does that mean it's vegan? That uh, Yeah, they have, they have dairy ice cream, and they have non-dairy ice cream, so uh, my guess is if it's the coconut cream one, that's the non-dairy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll check it out. You, you've hooked me, Van Leeuwen. <laughs> I've enjoyed you before, and now you've given me a reason to enjoy again. From a podcast in Minneapolis. And so make sure to listen to my podcast, Spinach and Sorbet. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, thank you very much. Great as always. I appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me. Kale and Gelato. That's the podcast. <laughs>